I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. Growing up in a small and Christian community, I was judged and rejected for being gay and different. After a futile two-year attempt to change who I was born to be, I called myself a human abomination and almost took my own life. Fortunately, in my darkest moment, I saw the light and ventured on a healing journey of love, forgiveness, and spiritual awakening. Yet my dating life since hasn't always been all roses and rainbows, and my past dramas and traumas have definitely kept things spicy. Fast forward past many awkward dates and disappointing sex, I created Can't Host to challenge toxic gay stereotypes, explore the complex dynamics of gay sex and relationships, and create opportunities for healing and growth. If you're a gay guy seeking more joy, freedom, and authenticity in your sex, life, and relationships, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello there, and welcome to this introductory prequel episode to Can't Host the Podcast. I am George Lizos, your host, and I'm so happy and grateful you're here to join me on this new adventure, on this new podcast. So I decided to do this introductory episode before we jump into the actual episodes where we'll be chatting about so many different things that I'll be sharing with you about because I wanted to introduce myself, introduce what this podcast podcast is, who this podcast is for, and what we'll be talking about. But before we dive into it all, I want to ask you to come follow me on Instagram at George Lizos. So if you have any stories to share, any insights about the episodes, make sure to send me a DM and I'm always replying back to everyone. And I'd love to hear what you think, what suggestions you have, just so we can make this into as rich of a conversation as possible. Also, if you enjoy the episodes, I would love for you to leave this podcast a five-star review as this will give the podcast the opportunity to be seen by more people. So, shall we get started by sharing a little bit about my story, my origin story essentially, my hero's journey of why I'm here doing this podcast at this point in time. And I'm going to take you back to my childhood growing up as a gay guy in a small Christian community that did not really accept or have a lot of room for difference. Growing up in Cyprus, a little island in the Mediterranean, I always felt I was different from other kids my age. The first image I have of myself, the first memory, is of a five-year-old George just standing in a field of yellow daisies, staring up at the sky and wondering, what is the purpose of life? Why am I here? I was one of those weird kids that chatted to flowers and liked spending time by myself and couldn't really connect with uh, other kids my age and what they were interested in. So I was a weirdo. So from a very young age, that created this people-pleasing tendency within me where I constantly felt like I was an outcast, I was too different from uh, other people my age, so I had to change myself to fit into other people's expectations of me. So I tried to be the best student at school, the best son for my parents. I tried to constantly change who I was so that I could find the acceptance that I so longed for. Now, fast forward to the time that I was 13 years old, discovering my sexuality and realizing that I was attracted to boys. Now, growing up in the 1990s, 
in a small Christian island in the Mediterranean that had just legalized being gay. I'm being serious about this. Being gay had just been legalized. So there was a huge taboo around that. It wasn't a word that I grew up thinking or hearing. And whenever someone would mention the word gay, they would just mention it like under their breath and just have a negative connotation about it. So I was brought up thinking and believing that gay people were criminals and pedophiles that we shouldn't talk about. So at 13 years old, not really knowing what sex was, not having any conversations with my parents or my friends around sex because I had no friends. I was always that kind of a loner kid that could not relate with the rest of the world. I could not understand the feelings that I was having. I had this attraction to guys and yet society told me that I was supposed to like girls. So I pretended to like girls and I said that I liked girls, but there wasn't really something there. Yes, I liked hanging out with them because they're temperament was closer to my temperament. Essentially, in retrospect, I know I just wanted to be their friend, but I couldn't understand it at the time. But I was catching myself in situations and in circumstances where I would look at other guys and I would think sexual thoughts about them and it wouldn't make sense. I was like a kid. I didn't have any awareness of my sexual life yet. I remember that at the time, I took a part in a competition on TV and where I had to like tune in every single week and they were asking, they were well, sharing different, uh, different facts about uh, the, the entertainment world and then every single Friday they would host a competition and you would call in and they would ask you questions and if you got all the answers right then you would, you would win something. So I participated in that, it was a summer I remember and I got all the questions right and I had won my first ever mobile phone. <laughs> Very exciting at the time. But, and I had recorded myself just so I could go back and listen back to well, like my sharing, my recording. So I listened back and I was shocked at what I had heard. Like you know that when you first hear your voice recorded because our voice doesn't sound the same when we hear it as to how it sounds when we hear it while we're speaking. So that was one aspect of it. But also what I heard back was what seemed like an incredibly feminine way of talking. In my perception at the time, I was speaking in a very quote-unquote camp way. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh my God, is this why I'm being made fun of at school? Is this why like people laugh at me in class or when I share? Because I was going through so much bullying at the time at school. Because I was different, I had a different look. I was uh, had extra weight, I was overweight. I was not like other kids my age. So I thought that people were bullying me for all of those reasons. I had not realized that they were bullying me because of the way that I sounded too. So that was the first moment that I, that I started becoming conscious of my gayness. Shortly after, I was at school break and then I was with a, a guy that I was hanging out with and then a group of boys came up to me. They were laughing and one of them turned and said, George, are you straight? And I had no idea what that word meant. I'm like, what is straight? Now, my friend who was next to me implored me to say, no, 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 say, say yes, say yes, you are straight. I'm like, I don't know if I'm straight because I 
genuinely did not know what that word meant. So I let it go. They laughed and went away. And then my friend turned and told me, George, straight means not gay. And in that moment, I thought, why would someone think that I'm gay? Gay people are criminals and pedophiles. That's what I was told up to that point. So why would someone assume this about me? I've always been a good boy. I've always done what's right. I've always been tried to be the best student and try to change myself and people please my way into feeling accepted. Why would someone make this judgment about me? That moment, I started becoming even more self-conscious about myself. I'm like, if I sound this way, that's probably why these boys are making fun of me. So I need to do something about it. So that's when I entered the two most debilitating years of my life, where I started to monitor every single aspect about me so that it wouldn't come off as gay. So I tried to monitor the way I talked and I ended up talking in a very robotic way so that there was not any weird intonation that would make me sound like a girl. I started monitoring the way that I walked. I started monitoring the way that I, uh, my mannerisms and everything about me. And I turned myself into this depressed robot that had no life and just existing but not living. Things got even worse when I had my first ever experience of gay sex. At the time in the 90s, we didn't really have internet at home, but my dad had internet at his office. And every weekend I would go there and just spend time with him there. So one Saturday afternoon at my dad's office, I went to Google. Google had just become a thing. And I typed in gay and I hit enter. And that's when I had my first experience of gay sex. I was seeing hundreds upon hundreds of pictures of naked guys doing things I had never seen before. First of all, I had never seen an erection at that point in my life. I had not started jerking off. Although most kids my age had been doing that for a long period of time, at 13, I hadn't discovered masturbation because I had no friends to tell me about it. You know how these things go. You hear your friends talk about it and then you try it, blah, blah, blah. There was nothing about that. Everything that I saw was so confusing and traumatic. I felt my body paralyzing. Literally, as I think back right now, I can almost feel those emotions. I felt my body go cold. I was paralyzed. And I was just scrolling mindlessly, being in total shock of what I was looking at. But one thing was clear, and that's when things got real for me. I liked what I was seeing. And that's when I realized, that's when it hit me, oh my fucking God, I am gay. I started monitoring things even more. I started being more aggressive around the way that I behaved in the world because I realized that there might have been some truth to what other people were saying, that I am indeed gay. I started connecting the dots of 
I liked guys when I was in primary school and I still like guys right now and there is something between my legs that's called a dick and that feels a certain way when I see guys in the changing rooms, for example. So it all started making sense. I started discovering my sexuality. I didn't really know about sex and my parents wouldn't talk to me about it. So we had a, a book in the in the library, in not in the library, in the bookcase at home, in my room actually, the Encyclopedia of Marriage. So I, I got that book and I started reading and I'm finding out as much information as I could and that's how I discovered masturbation. And that's how I discovered about gay sex as well. Sadly, it was not the most gay-friendly book. It was actually very homophobic. So the way they were talking in the book about gay sex was not in the most positive light, which made me feel even more self-conscious about what I was going through. By that time, I was around 15 years old, so it was two years later. And these two years were the, the most debilitating years of my life because it was daily torture of forcing myself to fantasize about girls, forcing myself to not even look at guys altogether. I would just avoid eye contact and avoid looking at them, trying to turn me straight. I was my biggest bully. And despite all my efforts, I was bullied even more at school. So it, it seemed like I was trying to change myself to find acceptance and I wasn't getting it and I wasn't used to that because by that point I had become so good at people pleasing, so good at changing myself for others that I couldn't understand why my efforts were not paying off. So I would come home every single day, no one to talk to. I couldn't talk to my parents because I felt so embarrassed, so ashamed to share something so personal especially when they've given me signs and I've liter had literally heard my dad make fun of gay guys in the past. I couldn't open up to them about something that, that I was sure they were going to reject me for. So I would just come home and just cry myself to sleep every single day until one night that I couldn't take it anymore. All the attempts that I tried had failed and I called myself a human abomination and decided to put an end to it. I was ready to take my own life. So in what will always remain in my mind as a very dark night, because it was a dark night of the soul, I had written a letter to my parents and I said, I'm sorry for what I've done. I can't live with myself anymore. I tried to change, but I couldn't. I'm so sorry. I had written the letter, tears in my eyes. I had opened the first aid kit and I got a bunch of pills, a bunch of paracetamols, thinking that that would do it. And I was ready to put an end to it. I was ready to take the pills and kill myself. And it was in that moment, in that darkest moment of my life, that I finally saw the light. And I realized that I had a choice. And that choice was simple. I heard that voice within me so clear. Fuck what people say. Fuck what people think. Fuck what the church thinks and what society thinks. And learn to love and accept yourself exactly as you are. It was such an empowering statement and it was a solution that in retrospect I know had always been there for me, but I couldn't see it. 
I couldn't hear that solution because all I was doing was resisting who I was born to be. So in that moment of surrender, in that moment of letting go, the solution that was always there for me had finally become apparent. And I could finally hear it. And you know what's the saddest thing? I didn't know how to love and accept myself because all I experienced at that point in my life was self-loathing, self-judgment, shame, trying to change myself, trying to cure me of what I was born to be, of who I was. But you know how it works when you're willing to change, when you're open to change, the universe shows up to support you. Even though I didn't know how to love me and how to forgive myself, I opened myself up to opportunities. I knew I had to move away from the Christian church at the time. I was brought up Orthodox Christian and I was deep into that religion to the point that in a religious knowledge test at school, I got 105 out of 100 because the teacher loved me so much, because I participated in everything. I would go to church like, and like chant. And I knew that wasn't a path for me because all I experienced was rejection and feeling like I was going to end up in hell. So I let go of my Christian faith and I'm like, I was still a very spiritual person. So I opened myself up to new types of spirituality. And that's how my spiritual journey started. I discovered Feng Shui and meditation and affirmations and I read books about self-help and healing and forgiveness and book after book spiritual modality after the other, I learned to forgive myself, I learned to accept myself, to love myself for who I was. I learned to forgive my bullies and find freedom in my gayness. The following year, after a long summer of, of doing a lot of intense inner work, I came out as gay in school and I was out and loud and gay and owning it and shining my rainbow flag freely and happily. But it wasn't all roses and rainbows from that point onwards because the dramas and traumas of my past would come back to haunt me time and time again as I entered the gay dating world. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here to continue this conversation, to continue this journey. Why continue it now after 15 plus years? Because from that moment onwards, after I went through my healing journey, I made the decision to help others heal. And I had two options at the time in my mind. I'm like, I'm either going to focus on helping gay men as they heal traumas from their past, or I will focus on empowering other people to develop their spiritual path, their spiritual practice, and find and follow their life purpose. In that moment, I didn't feel ready to focus on supporting the gay community because I was still dealing with a lot of my own trauma and still am, by the way. I'm not here to preach that here I am, I've healed all my issues, so let me teach you. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what's happening here. <laughs> what's happening is my gay sex and relationship life is pretty messed up. So I'm opening up a conversation so that we can all heal together and we can all find a new way of doing things. When it comes to my spirituality, well, that's a whole different 
journey there because in that moment that I decided I was going to focus on teaching spirituality for primarily it's straight women who come to, to my courses and my workshops and buy my books, then I focused on developing that path and I went through a lot of inner work and a lot of healing around that part of my life and I've developed skills as an intuitive healer, as a spiritual teacher and I'm very confident in that part of myself. I'm very confident in my career as a psychic healer and as a spiritual teacher and that's why I've been doing it for the past 15 years. And now I go back to that first book, Be the Guru, where my healing journey essentially started and I finally feel ready to go down the other path, to go down the path of supporting the gay community because I feel like I've done enough work within myself to be able to share vulnerably my experiences, share the tools that I've used to help me heal and grow, and also create opportunities that I can also grow, but you can also grow and we can grow together. So now that you know where I come from, what my story is, and why I'm doing this, let's get into this a little bit more. Let's talk about Can't Host the Podcast. First of all, a note on the name, now, if you're a gay guy listening to these, you definitely know what can't host means. But if you are a straight person listening to these, you're probably wondering what, what does can't host even mean? So let's talk about it. So can't host is something that people use on Grindr, which is a gay dating app, if they want to say that they don't have a physical space for their fuck buddy to come over and have sex. So they're saying can't host. And if you're saying hosting, that means like you have space so your, your fuck buddy can come over and you can have sex. I thought it would be a fun way to introduce what this podcast is about because it's going to be about sex. We're going to talk about Grindr. We're going to talk about gay dating apps. But we're also going to talk about healing trauma and um, relationship dynamics within the gay community. Let's talk about it all. And I'm going to address first my existing audience because I know that many of you who have been following me for the past 15 years are tuning in to listen to this, wondering what you're going to get out of it. So I want to address you, but I also want to address my possibly new community, gay guys who are tuning into this podcast as well. To my existing audience, who's primarily straight women, what you've seen through my work so far is 10% of who I am. It's unauthentic, 10% of me, but it's only that 10%. In this podcast, I share another 10% of who George Lizas is. There will be certain topics and details that only relate to gay men and you may not understand or relate with, but many of the sexual and relationship dynamics as well as the, the self-issues that we have around shame, for example, as well as spiritual concepts, do apply to everyone. So you will definitely find nuggets of wisdom there. You'll also realize that my voice and storytelling in this podcast will be different from what you're used to. I'm sharing personal, sexual, dating, and relationship stories in an explicit way with the purpose of educating and encouraging healing around these topics. Now, you haven't seen this side of me before because there was no basis for me sharing this in my work so far because I teach about intuition and finding your life purpose and uh, psychic healing and energy protection. 
So this may not be your thing. You may not be up to hearing those uh, vulnerable, explicit sexual stories, which is perfectly understandable. If it's not for you, it's not for you. And I have 120 plus episodes on spirituality on my in my other podcast, the Lit Up Lightworker podcast, in my Facebook group, Your Spiritual Toolkit, my YouTube channel on social media as well. Now to my new audience. You're likely a gay man who found this podcast maybe while browsing on your favorite podcast platform or you've been sent this episode by a friend to check out. You're probably not aware of me or my work, so I just want to welcome you to my world. It's lovely to meet you and I look forward to hearing from you and getting to know you. I've created a new Instagram account for this podcast. It's called Can't Host Podcast, as I said earlier, but you can also get in touch at George Lises as well on Instagram. I created this podcast out of my need to challenge, to rethink a lot of the toxic and unhealthy stereotypes that I've encountered in the gay community, but also to explore the complex dynamics of gay male sex and relationships. Now, like me, you're probably frustrated with or you don't feel like you fit in the mainstream gay culture and seek a new path. Maybe you're tired of being objectified and pigeonholed in algorithmic dating profiles. Maybe you're holding on to a lot of fear and trauma or shame from past sexual experiences. Or maybe you're fed up with quick fucks and no strings attached and just yearn for emotional connection in a long-term relationship. Maybe you've body or dick shamed yourself because you don't fit into the quote-unquote hot gay male body stereotype and you're ready to let go of shame and embrace who you are unapologetically. Or maybe you don't have an issue with any of the above. That's okay as well. I'm not here to judge anyone or anything. I'm simply here to ask questions, share mine and my guest views, and open up possibilities for healing and positive change in your sex life and relationships. So you don't have to agree with everything we share, but simply be open to exploring how you feel about the topics we share and how you can use what we share to find a deeper level of awareness and understanding of yourself. Another reason that I created this podcast is because although there's an increasing amount of work out there about healing toxic straight masculinity and liberating female sexuality, etc., not many people are talking about gay sex from a conscious, spiritual, and healing perspective. So essentially, I've created this podcast because this is the podcast that I've been wanting and searching for, but couldn't find. I also want to share that I am not a gay sex and relationship expert. I'm simply sharing from my experience and drawing from my 10 plus years of experience in personal development. There are probably people out there way more qualified to speak on these topics than me, but that's not the purpose. This is not a self-help podcast, although we will share tools and practices that can lead to change and transformation. As I said earlier, it's more of a safe space to share, to heal, to grow, and to transform our sex lives and relationships. And to share a little bit about my experience and my expertise and my positionality, essentially. I'm a spiritual teacher and a psychic healer with 15 years of experience in spirituality and personal development. 
I've written three best-selling books in which I teach people how to become their own spiritual gurus, find their purpose, and protect their energy. My first book, the one that I talk about my coming out story, is called Be the Guru, a step-by-step guide to becoming your own spiritual teacher. My second book was all about finding your life purpose. It's called Lightworkers Gotta Work, a step-by-step guide to following your purpose and creating change in the world. And my third book is called Protect Your Light, a practical guide to energy protection, cleansing, and cutting cords. I teach online workshops and courses about intuitive development, past life therapy, and energy healing. And I also work with people one-on-one to help them heal fears, traumas, and limiting beliefs. I have a few degrees. I have a bachelor's and master's degrees in metaphysical sciences, a master's degree in psychology, another master's degree in business management. Right now, I'm in drama school doing a three-year course in acting, and I'm a trained trauma specialist. Therefore, my work bridges energy, spirituality, and psychology. So when I'm sharing, I draw from my personal experiences as well as the tools and trainings that I've gathered through the years, through all my training. And if you want to learn more about my work, you can visit my website, georgelizas.com, to read more. So let's talk a little bit about the topics we'll be covering on this podcast. Each episode will discuss a new topic around gay sex and relationships, and I'll often have guests on who can share from their unique perspective so we can have a richer discussion. Topics will include the degree to which sexual position labels, such as bottom, top, and verse, limit our sex life, healing sexual trauma, the reasons the gay community can be so bitchy sometimes, whether dick size matters, we're going to talk about body and sexual shame, dick shaming as well, how to stop being in love with someone, and so much more. I'll be sharing very vulnerably with you, but I'll also have guests on who can share from their own unique experiences as well. If you have any suggestions or insights or stories that you have for me, I would love to hear from you. So make sure to message me. As I said earlier, I don't want this to be a one-sided relationship and I'm not here to preach or impose my opinions. So your views and opinions are really important to me and I'd love for you to reach out and share. Alrighty, I believe I'm going to draw this introductory prequel episode to the end. And next week, I'll be releasing the first episode, which will be all about sexual positions, bottoms, tops, verse, and how these positions are or are not limiting us. I'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any insights or a story to share, message me on Instagram at George Lizos and tell me all about it. I would love to hear from you.